Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today by my special guest, Jordan Angeli, NWSL analyst, and we are going to recap all of the Week 11 action that we just witnessed across NWSL. Quick reminder before we take a deep dive into everything to go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, as a podcast, so go ahead and follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. Jordan? We're back at it. How you doing tonight? I'm good. That weekend went quick. It always does. Oh actually, like whenever we do these, it's like, oh, we're we're back at it. That's how I that's how I always tee us up. I'm like, we're I back know. at it because it's like we blinked and then here we are. Here we are. Goodness gracious! Someone just asked, "Where is Lisa?" Great question. She's like in Bora Bora or something. Yeah, she's enjoying <laughs> her honeymoon, which yeah. she very much should. So I get to be the Lisa still for a, a few more days, but it's been so fun, Sandra. And um, gosh, I like the schedule, how it's when it's broken up like this with games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it really gives you just a little appetite on Friday and then really dug in this weekend. But did you have a good weekend? Um, I had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I, I feel like I, I say this all the time. On the show, I feel like the weather finally matches up with the calendar oh, out here. Yeah. Um, good, good vibes, good energy. Um, lots of yeah, especially you know, lots of pride games throughout the weekend for NWSL. So that was always that's always fun to see and celebrate and and see how teams you know throw their theme nights. And um, it was I got to take in the Chicago game in person, and we'll we'll definitely recap that. There's some things to talk about there for sure. Um, but we should probably start with the games that are probably most fresh on everyone's mind. So shout out to everyone joining us live. Uh, you know, Jordan already acknowledging the chat. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, we do do these live. So make sure you subscribe so that you you get those notifications that whenever uh, we do go live with the recaps or the previews and you can join us and uh, have some fun with the conversation. Let's start with a 1-1 draw with Houston Dash versus Gotham FC. Jordan, I got the picks here for us. We're going to go through these as well. Gotham. We both had Gotham uh -huh. picks as the winners that they were going to uh, go into Houston and walk away with all three points. But that wasn't the case in this game. A 1-1 draw. Um, some interesting stretches of the game here for sure. We had a wild finish, 12 added minutes of stoppage time. Thought we were going to get a game winner, but that did not happen. Does 1-1 feel like an accurate representation of this game for you? 
Not really, honestly. The second half, I, I feel like Houston should have gone away with it. They did a really good job throughout the entire game of utilizing the space in the channels and going 1v1 against Gotham's outside backs. And I remember talking to you about this last week is um, the goal that San Diego Wave scored against Gotham is nice longer got is a new outside back. And there's going to be some growing pains in that. And I think we saw that a, a, a few times here again tonight. Um, Houston did a really good job of utilizing the channels. That's where they get their goal from. It's Alozi who was just burning people left and right today. Probably should have had a couple of goals along with her assist. One of them um, gets called off due to VAR. That's why we had such long um, stoppage time at the end of the second half. But I thought Alozi did really well. Uh, Maria Sanchez. Houston has had a soft spot because if they are going to be a crossing team, they need someone to get to the near post. And that's what Sanchez did for this goal to put Dash up. And, and I loved it. Um, Gotham gets one back off of a uh, penalty kick. Lynn Williams, of course, added another to her tally. But I really liked how Houston played. I think this is um, one where everybody who watched this game could say, like, why are we playing games in Houston before 7.30 p.m.? Because the first half, you could probably throw it away. It, it was just like everybody looked exhausted um it looked too hot it was hard to watch because half the field was shaded half the field was bright my eyes were like what's going on um and the players played like that I've been in games there where you just are you're waiting for shade to go over the entire field because then you feel like you can breathe and play and the second half gave a lot of that life it, both teams much better held the ball up better were able to create some attacks but I, I think it could have very easily been um two to two, both teams at the crossbar or a post in very difficult transition or um, good transition moments. But I felt like Houston is going to leave there thinking, man, we should have had our second win in a row at home um, against a really good Gotham's team who now back-to-back -back games haven't shown, I think, what we saw from them pretty consistently of how good they can be through the press. They, they struggled with the press from Houston today. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I thought in stoppage time there it was another example of of just maybe things not going Houston's way a, a little bit. I mean this this opportunity that they had early in, in stoppage time where where Schmidt is, is is facing nearly a wide open net and this attempt that she takes hits the hits the crossbar and I thought, gosh, that's the game winner right there, and it just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't end up happening, working out for them. I love you mentioning um, Maria Sanchez, just to bring the, a little bit of the preview on here. I remember when we were talking about making picks for this game that, um, you know, when it came to Houston's attack, that we felt that she's probably been the most consistent component of that attack for, for Houston. And if there's a way that Gotham could sort of game plan for that, that they'll have a way to to perhaps try to eliminate maybe some of the threat uh for for the goal scoring in this game but it's it's uh, irony at its best right that we talk a bit about that and then she's yeah. not only the, the the player that helps generate attacks but facilitates this goal she continues to run and, and then gets and gets that breakthrough but it it just sort of felt like maybe that second one was going to come for this team but it just didn't just didn't uh pan out their way and it doesn't really do too much for for them in terms of the actual final result um you know the standings and i think we'll talk about this throughout the episode a bit because uh -huh. we're talking about wrapping up week 11 and it's officially the point in the season where every single club all 12 teams are tapping into the halfway point of a 22 game season oh, and yeah. i think when you 
kind of make note of that as a player or your coaching staff, you look ahead to this second half of the season, maybe a little bit differently than you did in that first. The, the games maybe have a little bit of a different sense of urgency to them. I think especially when you kind of have these moments where you have two teams going head to head, maybe it's not uh, two teams in the upper half of the table, but maybe it's an upper half team and that team that is trying to leapfrog wow. into that upper half. And you have a game like this where Maybe feels kind of entertaining at times, but they're they're ultimately ends up uh, not being a winner. Yeah, I do think the pressure is more on the team that needs to find themselves up in the standings more. So for for the dash here, but I also think for Gotham, what a weird week it was and how they handled. Maybe you know I don't know the ins and outs. I didn't get to talk to the coaches this weekend because I wasn't on any games, which was a little strange, um, just from from my perspective. But maybe not having the opportunity to train as much, at least out on the pitch and did that show in some of the things that they were trying to execute on the field, because they never got to go out and, and do that um, before they traveled to Houston. So I think that that is something I think about. And um, yeah, there is pressure on these teams and we'll, we'll talk about it, but for Houston, I think they're showing signs that this team can create and go forward and, um, wreak some havoc against other squads. And a lot of it has gone around the Lozy and her, she, she flipped a switch and has decided I'm going to get after players one V one. And that opens up so much, so many different opportunities to not just get in behind, but then if a, a defender backs off, there's a passing lane that then is opened up. So um, when you make defenders make decisions, things start to benefit in your direction. I think that's what we're seeing from Houston. Yeah, do you think maybe at, at some point, like later in the second half of the game, like once you sort of get past that hour mark, that mm-hmm. if you're both two teams who are chasing three points at, at, at that at that stage of the game, um, that maybe things have it could have the possibility of getting a little bit more physical because we saw some of the yellow start coming out, yeah, you know, towards the latter stage of, of this game. Do you think like maybe that kind of stuff maybe if end up ends up uh, you know affecting both sides of the ball here? Yes, I do. I, I think so. And both of these teams, I think, are, weren't going to be happy with the way that they performed in the first half. And that adds to it, too, because you want to be you want to come in if you are a substitute and be effective and make a difference. I think that's we see the crazy tackle from Kelly O'Hara. Um, it hasn't she hasn't played in a while, too. So yeah. she's going to want to come in and make a difference. And sometimes your timing is off. And so there was a tackle there. I thought I think Chapman always teeters on that edge of man, this is a wild tackle or like she times it exactly right. When you tear that edge, you also get a lot of yellow cards. I, I think she, I think easily she could have had two yellows in this game and it could have been a totally different game. Um, but I, I do think that the way the first half dictates more um, what we saw in the second when it comes to the physicality, because if things aren't going right with the way, neither team could hold the ball up. So I think they were thinking, all right, we're not going to get outworked. And sometimes when you have that mentality, you're just going to foul a little bit more. And that's what we saw in the second half and it resulted in a few yellows. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. But I mean, they split the points in this one, Gotham uh, in fifth and uh, Houston staying still on the outside looking in uh, when it comes to the standings at the midway point of the season. Let's talk a little bit about the other game that closed out Sunday evening and week 11 for NWSL. We got to talk about Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns. The Pride picking up all three points in this because they racked up three goals, three Just to one. Picked. 
just, just <laughs> like we planned it, Jordan, because of course we both win thorns in this one. We said, you know what? Orlando's Orlando's a tough place to, to play. Uh, we're talking in terms of the, the flora and the fauna there, you know, the, the, the temperatures and, and the humidity sometimes that can come into play when you head in into Florida to go and play. But um, yeah, again, just to bring on the preview, we both had thorns. We, we talked about the, the weather that, that could possibly impact the game, but we also talked about the depth of the benches and we thought that that would be the advantage for the thorns. And we were incorrect because Orlando said not yeah. today. We're going to get back in the win column. That was something else that we chatted a bit about during the preview. We said, listen, they're coming off of a, a bit of a two-game skid here after going on a brief unbeaten streak. Um, maybe this is not the team that they turn things around on. And, boy, did they absolutely wake up in this game. You know, Thorns got on the scoreboard first here, though. Yeah, they exactly. open up this game uh, with a goal but, uh, by Sophia Smith. I was curious whether or not that was going to be the moment in which things maybe got out of control for Orlando, but I liked the response. You know, I think there was a, an opening 20 minutes here in this game where you had two teams obviously trying to establish tempo. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this opening goal for the Thorns comes off of this, this, this turnover. Orlando turns this ball, it's, it's a they get fouled. You could sort of see this like a brief moment of hesitation where perhaps they're looking for a call. It doesn't come. And of course the thorns are taking off. Morgan Weaver is able to connect with, with Sophia Smith, like right inside the box. Like you have Orlando players who don't get all the way back into, to cover or mark uh, players. And you could, it just looked too easy for Orlando. And I said, that's unfortunate because at that, at that point you have like 20, like almost 20 minutes of play here yeah. where maybe either team can finally say, okay, we are going to establish ourselves, assert ourselves here and take mm -hmm. over this game. And it was a goal that almost made me feel like this is where it was going to go, but it was so good of a response from the pride to make sure that this one didn't get away essentially. And I think, you know, they call that growth, <laughs> Jordan, you know, I think you look, you look at these clubs um, that are maybe in the, in the, not so much even the, the bottom, they're the second half of uh, the lower half of the table, but, but clubs who entered this regular season year 11 with similar um, storylines around them in terms of clubs who were going through a rebuild or trying to retool some things or, or trying to take that first step in, in this next, uh, you know, era of their franchise. And Orlando Pride is one of these clubs. And so to have this kind of quick response mm -hmm. and do it with what they've been doing well off of a set piece, because going into this game, five of their goals had come off of seven set piece opportunities. And mm -hmm. now they can claim six of those with this equalizer from Adriana, who then goes on to, to extend the lead early in the second half uh, with another brilliant goal, this one coming off of a breakaway. But um, just good response from yeah. Orlando in this game to, to, to not let it get away from them, to claim and that home game. And, again, we're talking about teams that want to make their environments difficult for the opposition, yes. and I feel like we saw a bit of that tonight. Yeah, and I think Orlando is trying to just rewrite who they are, especially to their own fans, because this has been a team who over the years has had a lot of big superstars and hasn't lived up to having a lot of big superstars. And now they have the opportunity under Seb Hines to really create the culture that they want. And I, I'd, 
I was actually in Orlando doing the Orlando City Rapids game on Saturday. So I saw some people associated with the pride. I saw the Portland Thorns in my hotel. I saw all these people. But what I loved about what I heard from people around the, the pride is just the cohesiveness of this group. I think it shows in moments like these. This really reminds me, you're really similar to that game where they got themselves on track is when they won in San Diego because the same thing. They go down early, but then they respond like, no. This isn't, this is not going to happen on our watch. And it was through a set piece and through yeah. some Adriana like brilliance yeah. that they get a result in San Diego. And it's same thing here. I, I think that this is a squad who can really be good in this league and they, they have found their identity and what's the biggest part about this. It came after a couple of losses and then they, they hit, one of the hardest teams to beat in this league with a loss um, after being down, that is some guts and some grit. And I think a part of what Hines and his coaching staff has tried to establish with this team is like, no matter what happens, this is not going to be an easy place to play. And then that gives you credibility with your fan, that fans, that gives you people wanting to come back watching game after game. So um I'm liking what they're building there. I really am liking what they're building. No, I, I agree. I, I think like even just like kind of the like the sights and sounds from what we were picking up on, on yes. the stream, I thought was really good. They were celebrating a, a pride out there. It was a really good crowd. It looked like and sounded like in Orlando. And I think that, you know, you feed off of that, right? I think you oh, could attest totally. to that as a, as a former player and how how that kind of maybe changes the mindset or changes that help change the tempo of, of a game a little bit in terms of that environment. Um and then, my gosh, you just have a, a player in Adriana who's – it just seems like week to week for this team is just proving that mm -hmm. she is was maybe a little bit of an, an underrated uh, signing for um, Orlando. I don't know if um, folks out there anticipated that this was going to be a player for the Pride that kind of helped them – that would help them kind of turn things around. Um, and, and I don't mean that in terms of, like, just, yeah. you know, just – you know, to, to, to sort of say like, oh, like here's here's a, a Brazilian player to come in. And of course, they're going to cut, you know, they're going to come in with with flair and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like that's that's not to just sort of like kind of throw those tropes on a player like no one wants to do that to a, a player like this. But I really do um, feel like with with Orlando kind of having the offseason that they had and having struck out on some of those those bigger name free agents, it was kind of like, well, what's the next move here? for us yeah. who are we going to bring in you know to to help continue like to build what we are trying to build here yeah and uh adriana week to week is just showing that that she is absolutely uh yeah. that that player for them i mean her second goal in this game ends up being a bit of um you know of a milestone for for the league and her breakaway goal there was the 100th goal scored by Brazilian in the wow. NWSL. And I'm just like, that stuff is just so cool. When you like see that kind of stat come to like, you don't realize in the moment that a player is maybe making some history in the league and then boom, there's the, there's the fun fact. Right. And then for Orlando as a team, in terms of what they're trying to build you, they've got um, three home wins for the first time since 2017. And I mean, for folks who don't remember, because it feels like a long time ago, that was the last time Orlando made a postseason, and the only time they ever made a postseason. It was in in 2017. And they have 11 more games to go. Well, not home games, but half of that. Like they're in a good place when you're talking about only having 
that many home games and what yeah. they're doing. I love that. I love that you brought up that result, you know, against against the way because I mean we're looking at teams who are sitting in, in different spots on the table. And if this is a second half team or excuse me, a lower half table team that can kind of play spoiler a little bit against some yeah. of those upper half of the table teams, I think those are like big boosts, you know, for for a team that's um that's trying to build things. And I think when you sort of cap off this game by subbing on your rookie who Ooh. comes in here and just like makes yeah. an immediate impact. Messiah Bright just kind of, you know, icing the game mm -hmm. with a goal. And, yeah. you know, while the Thorns, that first goal, I was like, oh, that just looked too easy. Messiah Bright does the same thing against Portland. It makes it look like way too easy. And I'm just like, goodness, yeah. Orlando, Orlando is out here not only um, putting together good performances, but looking like they're having a lot of fun doing it as well. Yeah. I mentioned before this game, one last thing is uh, I felt like this was going to be a real big test for Madrill and her ability mm -hmm. in, in the back. Um, seems like she st stepped up and, mm -hmm. and did a pretty good job managing the, the front, um, not gosh, not even the front three of Portland, but just everything that they can throw at you. No, absolutely. And I think for, for the, you know, on the loss for the losing side of things in, in Portland, I think this is, you know, I think this is another game that they have across their, you know, first half of the season to look at and say, we've, there have been some games this season yeah. where we've bled some goals. Yeah. You know, this, this Portland Thorns defense, you know, Bell, you know, Bella basically the anchor and in, in, in net there, this is not the first game where they have, you know, let in a significant amount of goals. And I think it's a little bit telling, right. When I think there's maybe the rotation or, um, you know, the availability, um, for, for the back line and how they're going to look at things, you know, Mengus not available tonight when the start of Sauerbrunn has been someone trying to work her way back and, um, it's, it's showing, you know, yeah. it's, or it has showed, um, a bit, I think for, for this team moving forward, I think if there's, I think maybe in turn, maybe it's not something that you necessarily as opposition are going to, you know, game plan for, but it's something to take note of, I think, at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think all everybody's looking at, you know, what's what's our depth look like when, you know, there, there's a lot happening in the next month and they're going to be without players. And so if your depth isn't there now, what's it going to look like in a month, which oof. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Something yeah. about uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's Portland. They still stay in the upper half at this uh, at this halfway point of the season, and uh, Orlando uh, bumped themselves up to uh, to number eight in the standing. So they are sitting in that kind of like middle gray area of the table, yeah. which is not a bad place to be, I think, at this stage of the season. So we'll definitely keep an eye on how both of these teams build into their next weeks but we've got some more games to recap so stick with us after a quick break this episode is supported by fx's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 clippers owners racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world the series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league starring lawrence fishburne jackie weaver cleopatra coleman and ed o'neill FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. We're back and we got to chat more games. We got to recap some more matches that took place over the weekend in week 11 across NWSL. Let's start this middle of the the episode with a lopsided scoreline. We got to talk about Chicago Red Stars and North Carolina Courage. Courage going into SeatGeek Stadium, heading out to Bridgeview and throwing out history. Wow. Courage have struggled typically on the road against Chicago in this facility. And they said not tonight. They put a five spot up on Chicago. Wasn't pretty. Uh, Caroline getting a hat trick in this game. Jordan, I got to tell you, being a local out here, I went out and I I went to go take in the game. I said, you know, it's pride night for Chicago Red Stars. I want to get out there. I want to uh, see what the the fans are excited about, see what they're the energy they're giving. Um, I saw lots of pine cones, uh, (laughs) you know, from some of the fans. I loved that. I was like, that's great. Look at this energy. I was like, this is, this is great stuff here. Um, And you look, when we made our picks, I said, you know what? It's hard for me to shake off that that record. I think maybe these two teams are going to play a tough game and it could shake out to be a draw. Yeah. You said, hey, I think it's going to be a tough game too, I think, but I think the Kurds are going to get the win. Nowhere in our preview of this we said it's going to be a lopsided scoreline okay. like this. Tough. Another tough loss for Chicago. We were just talking about how um, Portland are now are no strangers to, to you know, giving up some big scorelines. And at this, at this rate – Neither Chicago leading the league right now in goals um, conceded. And I think, you know, something similar in terms of, you know, this previous game that we just recapped between between the Pride and Orlando. I got to say, you know, Jordan, being at this game kind of felt a little similarly. It just sort of just sort of felt like there was about 20 minutes of just kind of nothing for a little bit or or, uh, you know, even 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 the courage getting on the the scoreboard first, they, they crack open, you know, their, their goal scoring really early with Caroline and a goal in the 11th minute. And it sort of looked like it woke both teams up a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, you see the courage thrilled for Caroline celebrating the goal. You immediately see the red stars huddle with each other and they say, Hey, let's regroup. And we see uh, another like 25 minutes of, kind of nothing yeah. really. It just sort of felt kind of like a more methodical type of game. And then right as the half hour mark, uh, you know, ticks past that you get Guile who gets the go ahead goal here uh-huh. um, for, for the courage. And this is the moment where just, it, you could just sort of tell it gets away from Chicago because yeah. I think just unfortunately, unfortunately have not been good at this season is, you know, playing from, from behind. So it's maybe one thing to, to try to get into a halftime. I think at this, at this stage of a game down one zero, but I think if you're the Chicago Red Stars and you have had to deal with some unfortunate constant scenarios like this, it feels like maybe another little bit of an unreachable game yeah. at this point, sadly. So if you, not only is it two zero mere minutes later, Jordan, it's, Three nothing. So you're talking about going through down three zero at halftime. I gotta ask you as, as a former player, Jordan, uh-huh. even if you're not going through a historically bad season for yeah. your club, 
how tough is it to go into halftime down 3-0? Yeah, it's really – it's very difficult because that locker room you know is not going to be a happy place, and it's going to be hard to find many – bright spots that you can hold on to to get things going in the second half. So you're trying to lead on, lean on uh, mentality, aggressiveness, trying to be a little bit more physical, break the game up as much as possible. But um, it, it's hard. I, I remember being in locker rooms like that where you just feel like, gosh, the wind is knocked out of you and you can't catch your breath. And this kind of was just honestly the perfect storm, I think, in ways for – uh, I mentioned I felt like North Carolina was going to have a heyday in this big field um, mm-hmm. in Chicago. They kept a lot of the ball. I think, gosh, in the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it was 70, 75% possession, yeah. which it was just North Carolina saying, all right, we're going to make you guys work. And the the problems for the, for the Red Stars are – numerous. I think they they didn't do as good of a job of being as compact defensively. And so it, it allowed them as they started to defend longer and longer and longer, you start get stretched more and more. And that's where North Carolina hurt them as they were patient in the way they were building up. So then when they found whether it was space and behind to find Caroline um, with it, with a, a run beyond the back line, or then they found a way to go through the middle of the field uh, through O'Sullivan and Narumi and Pickett, I thought that they had really good patience in the way that they built. And that's one of the things that Sean Nahas has been, knew that it was going to take time for this team to click. They didn't score a lot of goals at the beginning of the year, but then they weren't giving up the goals that they, they were giving up, where they were just giving the ball away. Okay, well, that's one step. Then the possession number started to come, and he was proud about that. And the last thing to come is always goal scoring. It's always final third. And we have seen game in and game out for North Carolina, you know, minus their game last weekend. This team just looks more and more confident when they get into the attacking third and they have answers to questions. And man, they answered a lot of questions. Like Giles goal is one of my favorites. Her quick turn shot. Like it is touch step shot, which is so hard to defend um, if you're a defender, but also as a goalkeeper, because you don't know if the shot is coming or not. Um, so k- kudos to North Carolina, but for Chicago, this is, it's tough. Like there, there's not one answer to this. It's, can you hold the ball up better? Can you be a little bit cleaner coming out of the back? Um, can your midfield be better at showing and being, uh, creating options for when you do want to play out of the back? can you turn a defense over and say, okay, we're not even going to try to connect. We're just going to try to get in beyond you and, and use some speed, but you've lost a lot of that speed without Hawking, without Swanson. It's, it's dire. It's hard for Chicago right now. And I, I feel for those players because it, it doesn't look like they're going to have any relief coming soon because. Yeah. Although it's like tough to, that's the other thing too. Like, you know, it's always in, very interesting to me to sort of get like the the former players perspective perspective on this it's like when you have those things that are out of your control like you have a a a sale of a club in in process that i'm sure they're not getting any updates about nor is the the public at this point you know and um it's just one of those things where you're just kind of like okay well we're just we've got to go through the motions um kind of 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 this season um 
And, you know, I think one thing can tilt you back to like, you can feel optimistic and, and knowing this team and some of the players that are on this team, you know, that they are going to have a good attitude. Like they have fun. They try to make it light, like with the pine cone, with these things that they're doing, like they're bringing a great attitude, but it's almost like I, when I, I'm going to speak for myself, when I've experienced that you like fake it until you get to that point where then it tilts again and you feel yeah. it falling away from you. And you're like, you can't grasp onto anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just feel for them. No, I, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate that perspective for sure. And I'm sure, you know, everyone else, you know, listening also appreciates it as well. I, I, you know, there's always a possibility. I think when you find like, again, you're speaking for yourself. So I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. I think when on my side of things like, as, like media, when you find yourself, um, you know, covering a team in, in a season like this, like there are other things that maybe you go into and, and try to look for, um, you try to look for maybe those, you know, out, um, those individual performances that you can kind of take away as those silver linings. You know, this was another good game for, for Kruger as well. And on the back for, um, Chicago player covering a lot of ground. And it's one of those things where it's like it, it, her good play almost kind of continues to expose a little bit of the the problems and the issues on the field. You're kind of like, wow, like, look at this, this defender, like playing all and covering all these areas and in these spaces and, and not only trying to to cover and do solid one V one defending, but also trying to facilitate attacks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I was also really excited to get a look at North Carolina courage. I'm not going to lie. It was an opportunity to maybe take a look at this team and, and, and look at all these pieces and, and see what they're what they're building as well. Um, you know, Narumi Mira to get to a chance to watch her live and in action. This player, uh, I think, when we're looking and talking about again teams that are in this phase of a season where they are trying to go and build something new and build, you know, or build something um, to to last kind of, you know, this next window kind of what is this next window going to look for us and how are we going to compete in it? This is a player that was such a good pickup for them because I think you can kind of connect that to Chicago as well, like how they lost their midfield essentially. A midfield that was sent like basically one of the top four midfielders, <laughs> midfields in the league. And now it doesn't, you lose all those pieces. And then you have a courage side that, you know, has typically valued possession and has played strong in the middle. What are you going to do to make sure that? you know, Denise O'Sullivan or Meredith Speg, these players kind of have other outlets to continue to build through. And Mira is such a valued piece in retaining that position. It was like watching it live. I was like, you, you are, we already know it and see it when we're calling these games or covering these games, but there's something about taking it live where you're just like, Oh my goodness. Like this player is um, fantastic. Just quietly doing their job at like every turn. I love, I mean, the goals, that came out of this game from Caroline were outstanding. Full yeah. stop. Absolutely. <laughs> but this 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 link up between Miura and O'Sullivan, there was like this ridiculous given give and go, like inside the box that leads to another goal for the courage. And I was just like, this is this is great for this team. They're absolutely gonna take this and you know build on it and and, and moving forward. So I, I I'm with you. It was just unfortunately they just one of these games where you look at it's very tough for Chicago. And like you said, you feel for a team like that, but then you look at the courage and you say they are just they're right on the path or staying the course in terms of what they are trying to build week in and week out. And um, it's tough to see a scoreline like that right in front of a world cup and you have your USA number one and Alyssa Nair, but I will say this getting to go to the game, you get to, you know, 
chat with players post game and, and as part of media responsibilities. And and she's a captain of this team and has, you know, been in, in the front of these microphones at, at, during these tough losses and um, kind of echoing what you have already stated, uh, Jordan, about kind of trying to make sure you don't get too high on the highs because they did have two consecutive regular season wins and now they've got a big lopsided loss and and how important it wasn't to stay too high in the highs or to really stay too low in the lows and the, a game like this obviously has plenty of footage for them to go through and comb through and try to continue to work on so um you know, I think when it comes to the, being a goalkeeper in general, but especially in this league, you have to have um, probably those really strong mental components in your game, right? Yeah. And I think Alyssa Nair, if nothing else, is um, wow. listening to listening to her in some of these post games and some of these really tough losses. She, you could tell, she hasn't uh, lost any of that. So um, I think that those are little things I think you try to take away from um, in games like this. But all three points belong to the courage and, of course, all the goals as well. It keeps them in the upper half of the table at the halfway point of the season they are at number six Chicago in 10th at this point so again you're looking at small silver linings here I guess uh you're not completely um looking at the bottom at this point uh let's pivot to OL rain versus Kansas City current we've got a win to discuss for the rain two one at home against the current a little tricky there i thought maybe the current we're going to give them a little bit of a run here uh but you and i both going for the rain in uh -huh. our preview jordan and uh they came through for us we'll just say we'll just say that <laughs> they're like yes we heard you picked us so we're gonna we're gonna pull through for yeah. you but um maybe let's start with um the the big one of the big things that came out of this game very very early on in this game megan rapino exits out of the match and of course lots of worry lots of raised eyebrows perked up ears wide eyes uh what could it all mean what does it mean but it looked like um her exit from the game was very very early it looked like she walked off on her own exited to the locker room came back and was was back on the bench um rooting on her, her teammates there. Um, and I believe in, in post game, it looks like it was ported out of there that in terms of a, a status, it didn't seem, the impression was that it was not something worrisome. Right. But I think, again, we're talking about phases of a season. And while it's the halfway point, it's also about 40-ish days to a World Cup. But yeah, the clock, clock is ticking for sure. And um, I think folks are, are definitely um, keeping an eye on that. But it's it seems from what came out of the game is as if it's not something that yeah. is urgent or worries him at, at this moment i just think it shows the fragility of rapino though yeah. at the stage of her career she started off the season not being able to play really eased back in slowly 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 um so if i'm vlaco i'm thinking goodness i i don't know like even and and her role is going to be very different on that team and then it is on this rain team where she's starting every game that she's available and she's trying to play significant minutes but on the World Cup team, she's maybe coming in for 10 minutes. Yeah. So if you have someone that you're using one of your last subs to come in for 10 minutes and you don't know if they can go 10 minutes because injuries are popping up time and time again, that's got to put some questions in your mind. Like, is it worth – are we going to have to call on her in these moments? And if we are, is she going to be able to make it through 10 to 20 minutes? 
I'm not saying she is or isn't. I'm just saying those could be the questions he he could be asking yeah. right now. Or do you bring a player that you know is going to be that's younger, fitter, yeah. healthier? Um, doesn't have. Well, I don't, I don't think those are unfair questions. Yeah, you know, those are those are uh, you know all realistic game related mm -hmm. um, scenario type of uh, questions. Yeah. You know, this is in, in fairness to Rapino. I mean, this is a player who is. Um, who has come on later for them um, kind of in that second quarter of the season yeah. um, was building more minutes, had yeah. some of these breakout games, you know, top performances. Um, you lose a player like that. So early yeah. in this game, it's like, you look to it and you're like, who's going to take over. Right. And it turns out it was Sophia Huerta in yeah. this game. Uh, that was delightful. Yeah. Um, converts the penalty kick that comes just past the half hour mark in that first half. Um, lovely little halftime interview where she's just like, I just kind of had to black out for a second and then go ahead and convert <laughs> it. Um, yeah, like, just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that the whistle blew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, it didn't matter. Back of the net, they're up 1-0 at the half. Uh, but she also um, responsible for this go-ahead goal uh, in the 68th minute, delivers a dime mm -hmm. Jordan Heidema to knock away in the back of the net. And at this point, it's 2-0 for the rain, which at that stage of the game, you feel good about. Maybe you could just sort of close things out and go ahead and control the game. But um the current <laughs> didn't want to make it too easy for the rain. A stoppage time goal, um, 90 plus one minute. Izzy Rodriguez uh, getting one back for the current in this one. Look, these are two. Like, we, we talked about this in the preview, Jordan. We said how these were two teams that, you know, they went head to head in the semifinals in 2022. Yeah. Um, and they they went on the road and they really took it to yeah. to to the rain. And um you know, this they aren't two teams that aren't familiar with playing tough games against each other. Um, so to see this one kind of shake out to a narrow scoreline after losing such a big player on the pitch and not ha again, not having Jess Fishlock available another game without uh, Rose Lavelle. Um, perhaps it's another one of these games where, you know, it's an example of the depth of the bench on this team. Yeah. It is, and I think that it also shows just uh, Laura Harvey and the tactical mind that that ol rain had and to really work the channels and use they, they love crossing with sofia huerta but they were very dominant in crossing with sofia huerta against this current squad because they know that they're not very good at defending in those areas but also too at denying the crosses and i've loved we, we've seen it more often laura harvey starting with heidema up top and balser underneath and i like this bennett up top uh heidema underneath and one of the things that Jordan Heidema loves to do in her game is she wants to play in the midfield. She wants to connect the line. She wants to be that player who is the pivotal player when I when you're saying literally pivoting the game from defense to offense, from the midfield to the attack. So playing her in that position, I think, allows her to do that and then allows her to get in on a late run and just beast mode a header. I, I mean, I loved this header. This is what we should be seeing of Jordan Heidema all the time. And one of the reasons why I, when I call games, I'm like, I want more from Jordan Heidema because this is more from her and how good she can be in these moments. So I loved yeah. that goal. Um, but I still feel like the current are, are feeling more like themselves and they find opportunities to defend well as a group. They, they, they made it difficult on the rain for a good portion, good portions of these games. 
but then could get on, get in counterattack uh, situations. Um, good to see Morgan Gatra get back on the field. Yeah. Like this current squad, if they had everyone healthy from the beginning, I think we'd, we'd be whistling a different tune. And we might be in six weeks because that's what they like to do to us is come yeah. on in the season. <laughs> We've been talking about it all episode, folks. I mean, the halfway point resets some things for clubs out there. And, and who knows, you know, maybe with this next 11 weeks, we're going to see the current um, yeah. put things together now that the, maybe their availability report, reports look a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. Unfortunately, the, back as well, I should say that because. Yeah, that's important to know. There's, again, there's so, it's like there's so many pieces, right? You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then they've also got so-and-so uh, making the return. Well, who hasn't yeah. been played. I know. Not any. Yeah, they made they made that early early decision, you know, with her, and who, who knows if if that's if there's um, you know, a possibility to to have her, you know, have an impact towards the the latter stage of the season. Yeah. But um, the the road loss means, unfortunately, they stay still at the bottom of the table. Uh, the rain currently uh, at fourth. They still are sitting in the upper half of the table. They haven't really dropped out of the upper half um, since the the start of the season. Um, but we'll see how both teams respond uh, in week 12. And we've got two more games to recap. Okay, so stick with us. Don't go anywhere. We're going to wrap it all up right after a quick break. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. All right, everybody, welcome back in. Uh, we appreciate you all joining us tonight after the games on a Sunday evening. We see the chat going. Uh, reminder, just subscribe to us on YouTube. You'll get those notifications for whenever we go live, and you can hop on in and join into the conversation because we see a very active chat tonight. We appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Celeste. Uh, my shirt says, Mas Amor. Por favor. Uh, love to have more love and, uh, you know, especially during uh, Pride, of course. Uh, let's uh, let's close it out, Jordan. Let's recap these games. Uh, we've got to talk about racing Louisville versus San Diego Wave. We had different picks in this one in our preview. Mm-hmm. I went racing. I was hoping they would come out here and uh, make things difficult uh, for the Wave. And they did in some aspects, but not enough to pull out the win. But they – you. They did enough to pull out the draw, and that's the pick that you had. So congrats on getting the pick right. Scoreless between these two teams. This was the game that kicked off week 11 action. Mm -hmm. So we got to throw it back a little bit. We're talking about Friday. We're on Sunday. Jordan, your impressions of these games that took place on on Friday? I thought this game um – 
was asking for a little bit more, but I, you know, San Diego has done such a good job under Casey Stoney of establishing that they're going to be very difficult to break down. And I thought that against Louisville, they, they were in this mid block that was hard for Louisville to get some of their momentum that they typically get through the lines. They, they can play through a press and then let DeMello and, and other players eat up some of that space that then created as a team's retreating. And you didn't see that very often in this game. So I would say credit to San Diego, just how they had their structure. Um, you know, I'm going to talk about Jaden Shaw playing okay. in this game. Um, I almost cried about how good that ball was at <laughs> halftime that she played into Jakobsen and Jakobsen has to score that. And I yeah. think, she, I, I don't know how she doesn't cause she, she scores those goals like typically in her career all the time. Um, but Jaden Shaw's ability on the ball is just so much better than I think any of us realize that she sees things clearly. She had a no look pass at one time to, to break the line as well. She's just so clean and intelligent. She played as a, like a false nine in this. So she picked up the ball a lot and connected the lines. I just think that we are seeing a great player be developed in front of our eyes and don't sleep on her. Like don't sleep on watching her um, do things that are great, but also make mistakes and learn from them. Because I think that's one of the things that is so beneficial for these young players too. So um, I, I thought she played really well and was a good key piece in what San Diego was trying to do. But um, yeah, not, not too much in this game, a couple of good saves, but uh, I think it was more the structure of what San Diego had. Louisville still managed to yeah. have some good buildups and I do like the, what they're doing. I love me some Wong Chuang. Like yeah. she has been great and it was great to see Katlana from the beginning and Yes. Um, she's going to be a game changer for them. Just with her speed and intelligence at high pace. You know how difficult that is, Sandra? And she we were we were talking we were talking about the, about the on the preview a bit when we were making our picks and going going through the rundown of week 11 matches. And I said in our in our preview of this game I was like, "Man, I, I'm really curious of like this is the game where Katlana's going to, you know, get involved and really cause some trouble uh -huh. for for the opposition because this is a, a player that they, you know, they signed you know, last year, unfortunately, was not able to to, to impact the team. Had suffered, um, you know, the devastating injury that, that that ended up keeping her out of the rest of um, out of the rest of. I believe it was a Africa Cup, and then was unable to even play a single minute for for racing. So it is like this type of player that you just have sort of been waiting to see. I think if you're a racing fan, um, and I loved this game. I loved her effort in this game. Absolutely. You know, I think I think you look at a scoreline like this, you know, 0-0, zero, zero, and you wonder, well, did anything happen? But you, I think there were stretches of this game um, where you could look at both sides of the ball and yeah. sort of see each team kind of showing their strengths a little bit at times. Unfortunately, just just wasn't enough to, I guess, ever find the breakthrough for for either side, and they, they split – the the points in in this one but yeah with you 100 percent on on Jaden Shaw you know this this is a player <laughs> you know I know you've got you know wanting to go to the World Cup and I don't know if that's if that's going to be a possibility in this one but I think this is absolutely a player that you're calling into the senior team post World Cup I think enough enough with the U you know the U20 Collins um this is this is where it's got to be for her moving yeah, forward 
yeah and so and and for racing you know i think you know this is a team that is is no stranger to draws you know unfortunately <laughs> yeah. they got a lot of draws and in 2022 and they're still sh still showing that they're capable of picking up those results um but uh, i think when you're a team that's trying to build something and you're going up against teams who are in that upper half of the table you want to show that you can put together that 90 minute game and walk away with that win versus just that mm -hmm. result i think that's going to be that final piece for them where they're just going to say yes we, we have fun we're competitive but we're also to be taken seriously yeah. and we can get this win. And I think that that type of respect kind of comes when you have these games against those, those kind of um, um, kind of competitor kind of, uh, you know, contender type of teams moving forward. So, you know, we'll see how, you know, what a, what a result like this can maybe yeah. mean for them um, past, you know, the, the, the halfway point into week 12 and how they can build off of that. And for San Diego, you know, it just kind of keeps them racking up these results undefeated mm -hmm. in the last five. It keeps them at the top of the table. They are the new number ones going into the second half of the season. So congratulations to them with 20 points. Let's close off with the last game to recap we have to talk about Washington Spirit versus Angel City two to one by way of Washington they get the all three points in this one for the picks Jordan you were hoping that this was going to be the game Angel City was able to turn things around fortunately it's not I narrowly went with <laughs> I'll put myself on blast I didn't make that pick confidently I said I think there's enough here for the spirit to get that win but I said I wasn't confident about that pick and I think this is a game that I think I still stand corrected at that yes they got the the two goals and the three wow. points um but you know you wonder I think you look at Angel City and where they are not only in the table but you know, where they are in terms of their performances at this point in the league, right? The halfway point. And I don't, I don't know if, if there's a streakier team in, in the league right now, uh, Jordan, I think, I think it's funny to even say that because it's like, Oh, they're coming off of three losses, you know, at this point, how streaky can they be? But you know, I'm, I'm talking about some of these like, stretches of waves of performances that we see from them uh -huh. throughout the game. Yeah. I think their last result they got was, was that was a draw uh, four weeks ago. Um, and then they go into DC, a long, long road trip yeah. for them. Not easy conditions, right? We've been hearing all about the the wildfires and the effect on the East Coast. Um, the Spirit lost a day of training due to that. You know, we heard that come come out of reporting as well, and um, maybe that had something to do with some of the the close and narrow moments um, in 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 this game between these two sides. Uh, because when we're looking just even at the first half alone. Um, perhaps this game was done and dusted just with 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, hard to, to, to really, to really gauge. I think if we're thinking back on it, but got Hatch getting on the scoreboard just past the half hour mark. Sanchez finally gets a breakthrough with this ridiculous ball from Paige Meditaire. Um, just perfect delivery really. And Sanchez there to put it away far post um, Two zero heading towards halftime but angel city showing this fight showing this effort uh emma vignola finally getting um and, yeah. and on the score sheet in this one the assist coming from from claire emsley 
um, just a lot of, I think, just kind of goal that you just see kind of um, manifested out of some just hustle type of play, right, from from this team. Um, and I think that's a player that has kind of shown in some of these performances in Angel City, the player that is just going to, like, put their head down to the ground and just go, 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 go. And you're trying to look for those players. You're trying to look for those silver linings with Angel City and, and kind of these tough results that they're suffering and from a kind of, you want to try to build off of that, but mm -hmm. this is all in the first half. And then we've got nothing in, in the second half. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, um, maybe, a, I don't know if I would say it was a tale of two halves, but maybe if it's a tale of two halves for, for both teams, not just, not just one here. Yeah. The thing that's difficult about this city team is, I don't know why I'm getting, there we go. I, I developed an echo. Sorry, Sandra. Um, this Angel City team is, they are streaky within games. And I think what is confusing to people is you see them do things and build out of the back or create an attack. And it's Thompson coming in and, and then finding a midfielder, switching the point of attack. It's like beautiful soccer and moments within each game where I think you can say, okay, well, we know that they have that in them and then it'll be the start of an attack and it just totally breaks down. Um, once it gets to the attacking third, the, their last couple of games, I can speak even just this week, you know, they, they play later in the week. So then they have less rest and maybe it's less time to prep, but you just mentioned Washington had a day less to prep, at least out on the field as well. <clears throat> um, Angel city, expected goals they they've beaten other teams game in and game out like i i can think a couple of games on hand where they've had good amount of expected goals and this one they they had two and a half ex, almost two and a half expected goals for so it's not as if they aren't creating it's they're they're getting 19 shots but only four on target like how can they manage to get those shots into a better place where they're challenging a goalkeeper. You know, even for Washington, the, the goal that goes off the crossbar and then is scored by Hatch, like that's probably not a high yeah. percentage shot that is going to increase your expected goals, but they ended up converting it. So those are the, the situations that I think are a little bit different for Angel City right now. They're probably going to feel like they're um, not as lucky as other teams. But I think that everybody is talking about Angel City right now because we're confused as to why a team with some of the players that they have are not getting results. Um, so, yeah, there there's some issues that they need to to ring out and, and make sure that when they get themselves in the attacking third, they're having better opportunities, shots on and getting them on frame. Yeah. You know, I think in the preview, I I'd asked you, you know, this and we talked about, you know, how maybe this is a crucial point for, for teams in, in the season hitting that, mm -hmm. that halfway mark. And that is, is, is what we're seeing with, with Angel City, you know, and it, a, a, a coaching staff issue, like is, is, are, are the tactics just not translating to the players or, or vice versa? And, you know, you mentioned, and, and I agreed with it. We just didn't really maybe see that a change would would happen um, at, at that level for for the team. But I am, I am. It does make me curious about yeah. it because this this is this is a franchise maybe in a, in a little bit of a different situation than maybe perhaps say like Chicago, for example. I think it's easy to maybe look at Chicago struggles be like, oh, like someone's head needs to roll and blah, blah, blah. But you have to maybe look at the circumstances and how they're a little different. Like you've got a franchise again, like we talked about that's been in the process of being sold or, or looking for a new owner and new buyer. Um, 
They don't have a GM at the moment. You know, who's going to make those decisions? There's actually really no one there to make those decisions. So Chicago is trying to hold things together as as best as they can versus Angel City. They've got a roster. They've got players. They've got talent. They've got resources by everything that we hear. They've got investment. And I've showed their ambition via a documentary on who they are, you know, like. You could catch that on, on, on HBO Max, right? We we we're, we talk all about it all the time, and I think I think maybe it's because of those things, like that, that you've mentioned and I'm mentioning now, that folks are kind of like, well, if this it wouldn't like a sports decision like have been made at this point, but but you know, kudos to to Cumin and I believe um, shout out to um, Theo. I think he asked in in the post game about that. Just you know, is she feeling pressures or anything at this point in the season? And um, she very diplomatically just kind of said, you know, her focus has to be on the team and making sure, you know, to get results. And again, I think you, you talk about trying to control those, those uncontrollables. And I think those are one of those things, you know, I think yeah. if you're the coach and I think no one knows better than the coach that if the results aren't coming, you have to be the one to try to unlock those things. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm curious to see if, if when that game is going to come for Angel City, when when is that result going to come where it sort of feels like they're going to turn things around? Because it kind of feels like, you know, even though it's only the halfway point, it's perhaps they might, yeah, they, they might run out of time because uh-huh. there's also a World Cup here and they're going to lose a lot of players. And when those players return, they might not be available right away so there's there's kind of some there's a mixed bag right now i think when it comes to to la so uh, we'll have to 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 keep an eye on it and see um you know how they respond moving forward Uh, but it's a big win for for the spirit essentially both sanchez and hatch finally getting on the scoreboard i know we mentioned in the preview that we wanted to see those two players um you know have an impact and within the game looks like they did keeps them uh, the win keeps them in the upper half of the table they also are level with san diego with 20 points but the tiebreakers keep them at number two and the loss for angel city unfortunately puts them an 11th place at this moment. So we'll see how teams respond in week 12, but that is a wrap for us tonight on a three. Thanks everybody for joining and listening to attacking third. We appreciate you coming through as always download, follow, listen to us anywhere. You get your podcast. You can watch this too. So subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third, and we'll be back on Tuesday with more content for you. For Sandra Herrera and Jordan Angeli, this was Attacking Third. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus. And for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.